0: I don't know how to describe it other
1: than like like a demon type of sound,
2: but it's silhouetted, hulking, every bit of five and a half
1: feet wide, thirteen to fourteen foot tall, pitch black. The one thing that ran through my mind when I had this encounter was I don't have a big enough gun. Your host, two-time witness and field researcher for more than forty years, William Jevnik. Welcome to Creek Devil. everyone. Today I'm talking to uh, Tom Carroll and Brandy. Brandy lives near Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, That's an area that's had for many, many years a lot of uh, Sasquatch activity on and around the base and continues to have activity. So, Brandy, tell us a little bit, first of all, about your knowledge of the subject of Bigfoot leading up to this point.
0: I really had no knowledge uh, except for watching Harry and the Hendersons as a kid, and I knew Being from Washington, it was a legend, but I didn't think it was real. So I had no real knowledge of any of it until I watched Finding Bigfoot, and I still at that point thought that it wasn't real, until one night my husband and I heard some very loud wood knocks, and that opened my eyes to the possibility that something, this really could be something. So I started doing some research, and the wood knocks that I heard were so loud. It was wood hitting wood. Um, and it was at 3 a.m., so I knew that there was really no construction or anything going on out there, but it was so loud that it really did, um, it piqued my interest.
1: Well, let me ask you now, how long ago did this begin?
0: Uh, that was in spring of 2012 uh, that the wooden, the original wood knock happened. And then I looked at my area on Google Earth, and I thought, no, there's no way these things would be this close to people. And I mean, I'm surrounded by farmland. And it's rural, but it's not out in the woods by any means. So I kind of dismissed it, and I thought, well, you know, maybe if there was something out there, it was passing through. So for a few years, I didn't I didn't really even, I didn't record back there. I didn't do anything. I just kind of thought, because nothing really was happening, but I really wasn't listening or looking either.
1: Right. Now, you said you were only about seven minutes from the boundary of Fort Lewis. Is that right? Right. And... I guess I'm wondering now, when you first heard these these sounds, this wood-on-wood wood sound, then you you already knew about the show Finding Bigfoot, so that's how you sort of equated one with the other. Is that right?
0: Right. Well, my husband, he said, you know, that sounds like, you know, the wood knocks like they were talking about on that show. And then that's how I kind of put two and two together. I just was startled by the sound. I didn't even think about, you know, anything about Bigfoot at that moment. It took sure. me a little bit to put two and two together.
1: Now. How did this progress? I mean, what really started getting your attention besides you know those initial sounds you heard?
0: Uh, well, last May, my husband and I were up we we stay up pretty late sometimes I'm a night owl, and we were up talking, and our window was cracked just a little bit because it was a warm spring here um and we heard some very loud crunching and cracking and like the bushes out back we have. A blackberry briar on the land behind our house that's about 100 feet long probably about 15 20 feet high i mean it's a huge blackberry bush and we heard all these noises so we went to the window and we just heard like it sounded like something just uh like tunneling barreling through these bushes the top of the bushes were just like violently shaking And him and I looked at each other and just couldn't believe it. I mean, we were completely shocked and I was actually afraid to see what I felt like it was, something was going to come out of that bush and I was freaking out. So that's what really got me thinking, okay, now with those wood knocks and with whatever this is, and it stopped. It like when we looked out the window and I started to get upset and talk loud, it stopped. It just stopped. And then when we would quiet down and kind of go back to normal, it would start again. And I mean, it was, the, the bushes were shaking so violently that the tree, there's an evergreen out there, and the bottom limb of the tree, it rests on the blackberry bushes, and that was even moving up and down. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable.
1: So you had an indication there was something fairly large making this happen, or did you have any yes. idea?
0: I, I, I know whatever it was, it was large. And what kind of really freaked me out is the land behind my house, it is surrounded by a fence. I don't know exactly how tall, but it's a it's a large fence with barbed wire. It's not just land that anybody can walk through. I don't think that deers are jumping over the barbed wire fence to, you know, wrestle around in bushes. And I knew it was something big, whatever it was.
1: What began happening after that? Was it a series of events that happened, or what can you tell us about that?
0: Um, yeah, a lot of weird things. With, I would hear a lot of noises. I'd hear sounds, um, something hitting the house here and there. It wasn't every night by any means, but it was, you know, I really opened my eyes to the fact that there is something large out there. So I started paying more attention. I was gardening and a rock hit me and my husband heard it and, you know, he laughed. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. We had made an agreement that we wouldn't like ever joke out and say, look, what's that? You know, because we're kind of a silly couple. But we made a promise to each other that if indeed one of us says, what is that? Like to take it seriously. So I knew it wasn't him joking around, throwing things at me while I guarded. And then when I had that rock hit me, it, it really kind of freaked me out. Cause I thought, okay, now the wood knocks, the bush is moving. Now I'm being hit by pebbles or rocks. And that's when I kind of started to get more serious about monitoring what's going on out there by like recording. Um, I just would record on my iPhone. I wanted to buy trail cams and whatnot, but I thought, no, nobody can catch them on that anyway, so why waste my money, but exactly, I did, <laughs> I did start paying closer attention. I lit up the yard um, with some floodlights because I don't want this thing in my yard. That's kind of the time where I, I started really paying very close attention to what's going on out there.
1: And was it predominantly at night these things were going on? Now, obviously, you're out in the daytime when the rocks hit you, and, and was that from a particular direction?
0: Um, it was I on each side of my house. I have neighbors, and I know that they weren't out doing any work. You know, you can hear these housing developments. The houses are kind of close, but um, it was from the property behind my house when the rock hit me, and it had to have been in that direction. And yes, it, it happens. When I hear the most noises, I've heard wood knocks, rock clanking, things like that. The land behind my house it is utilized by government workers, but they. If they do, it's very far and few between that they use the property. And these, like, knocks and bangs are coming nine, eight, nine at night in the summertime when the sun's going down. I hear a lot of noises back there. And then, yeah, it's nighttime where it really kind of comes alive.
1: So you start hearing things right around sunset, plus or minus an hour. Is that, is that right?
0: Right, yeah.
1: And then it progresses as the night goes on.
0: Yeah, usually around midnight. We've got the coyotes back there that you know, get to yipping and yapping. and um, But like I said, I do stay up late. There was one night where I was up at 3 a.m. and there was all kind of noises going on back there with the coyotes. And I can't differentiate between what a coyote is sounding like and like um, per se a Bigfoot unless it's really very obvious. That's why I kind of got you. I need you.
1: Sure. <laughs> Tom, what, did you have some uh, some points you wanted to bring up or questions? Sure, sure. I have a
2: few, Brandy. I got to hear the recordings that you made, and I know we're going to talk about that in a, a bit. Curious about a couple of things. The first is the property and how it's set up. You're in a suburban kind of a neighborhood where you have neighbors on either side of you. It's backed by some woodsy area that's fenced by a high metal fence. Is that right?
0: Correct, yeah. I live in a development um a housing development that butts right up against some county property. Um, I don't know the exact acreage, how big it is. I mean, it's a good, you know, chunk of land back there. And then across the street from us um, is where just farmlands, wide open houses with, you know, acreage. There's horses and whatnot. It's not an area where the developments are just housing developments everywhere. I guess I would consider it country, but still, you know, they're building these housing developments up in the middle of nowhere, uh, everywhere now. So Yeah.
2: Now, Brandy, in that property in the back of your place, do you, have you ever gone and walked it during the day?
0: Well, you're it has no trespassing signs on it, so you're not supposed to go back there. I will say, though, that I snuck back there. One day, I hopped over the fence to retrieve all of my children's bouncy balls and whatnot from back there. And... Right behind my place is where the Blackberry Briar is. Um, and there's no barbed wire like where the residents right here are. They kind of, I guess, separated the land by this Blackberry Briar. I did follow it down. I snuck around there. And um, I was kind of creeped out, so I decided to come back. And my kids were in the yard yelling, Mom, come back. You're not supposed to be back there. <laughs> so that's as far as I've actually traveled onto the land.
2: Okay. Have you looked around the exterior or the perimeter? Is there a way that you can take a look and see what feeds into that particular property and how it's bounded?
0: Um, Yeah, absolutely. On one side of it, I won't say the road, but it's kind of a busy road out here. Um, I've walked the fence line looking for weird spots and I can see where coyotes are going in and out. There's barbed wire that which I kind of thought was interesting. It's pushed down, but no sign of a tree falling on it. Um, And I know that the way they structure these fences they are supposed to be pretty strong, but there's some breaks in the barbed wire or bends, I should say. But there's only really one stretch that I can walk without, because on the other sides of it, the other three sides, there's other residents, you know, butting up against from that direction.
2: Okay, so that gives us a really good picture of how that looks back there. Brandy, have you ever seen black bears back there?
0: No, and if a black bear is climbing this fence with barbed wire, I mean, it's not going under the fence, I know that, because the spots I have seen that, I mean, from what I can see on that one side, um, the, the spots I can see where the animals are digging under, it's just big enough for, you know, maybe a cougar, a coyote. I have heard uh, mountain lions out here screaming. They sounded like women being murdered, like I told my husband to call 911 until I realized it was an animal. So I do know that there's a cougar out there, fox. I've heard fox yipping and yapping, and that's why it was kind of hard for me to tell what was what, because these animals get to making these noises, and they just, they sound crazy.
1: (laughs) And, you know, even being that close to an urban area, uh, and I know that area pretty well, you know, being from that area, uh, when you're right up next to an area where wildlife is, and there's a lot of wildlife in that area, they'll come right up to those areas because, you know, people are a good uh, source of food, you know, animal, pet food, things like that out.
0: Well, and I can hear the coyotes. There's a pack here on this side, and when I mean they're right behind my house, I I've seen them actually running around out there a couple times, which I thought was cool. I was looking out my if you look out my bedroom window, you can see part of the land from being up that high. You can look over into the area before the thicker trees start. But I've seen coyotes running around out there, and uh, but you can hear the one pack. On my side, and then you can hear another one responding. Another pack of coyotes across the way, a bit, and they go back and forth. So I do know there's quite a bit of animals in the area.
2: Mm-hmm. And the bushes, Brandy, have you seen the shaking of the bushes happen more more than a single time?
0: No, just that time uh, last May, and um, that was the only time that had ever happened. I listen, and I don't hear much going on as far as like a lot of branches and stuff like that being broken and from what I can hear at night I can I record as much as I can but it takes a very long time to listen back through all the audio so I'm sure I'll find more stuff that I've gotten recorded that I just haven't gotten come across yet.
2: Brandy how are you recording what do you what sort of method are you using?
0: Uh, I was just using my iPhone to record and then um, Will your friend Milo he brought me a recorder a digital recorder last night so I had wow. that out tonight. night.
1: Very oh, he good. Did get that over to me. Milo's, uh, he's an old friend. We've known each other since we were teenagers. And, uh, he was along in some of our early Bigfoot hunts, you know, back in the seventies. So, and actually that area, um, he was there when we went back. And I know Tom, I've told you about this. We were over in the town of Roy and a friend, a mutual friend had rabbit cages that were torn apart. And, uh. Nothing else could have done it. I mean, the, the cages were ripped open from the bottom. It looked like they were, you know, opened by a can opener. So, uh, like I said, that area's got a long, long history of, of Sasquatch activity around it.
0: Yeah, Milo, he's a pretty cool guy. I met him last week, and um, we kind of went down and walked around. A little, there's a park not too far from the house. It's an old, kind of looks like a dog-walking park type thing. It's got trails, and it's closed down. But I thought, well, since we can't get into the property behind the house, we should kind of look around the area. So I met him down there and we stomped around a little bit, but it was really overgrown. So it was uneventful.
1: Now you mentioned at one point you've heard rock clacking also.
0: Yeah, yeah I us, have. Tell us um, about that. It, it just sounds, and it has that, the rock clanking I've heard two or three different times. And that's been at sunset, like right around dusk. And it just sounds like rocks being hit together. And I can kind of, when I stand in my backyard, I can tell what direction, for the most part, what, what noises are coming from. And it always sounds like it's coming from that land behind the house.
1: That's the county property, right? Right. And I, I was trying to message Milo to find out. I, he was telling me, and I could be wrong, I think he said it was around 600 acres in size, that county property. Uh, I know he was going to contact the county and see about gaining permission to go on the on the land, but... I don't know that he's got any uh, feedback yet from them.
0: Yeah, when I talked to him about it, he said he hasn't, and uh, nobody's responded
1: yet. So. Tom, did you want to go ahead and delve into the recordings? or? Sure, if that works for you, Brandy. I
2: sent you all um, some audio-boosted and processed files. The first one was the, the call was you hear the coyotes yipping, if you recall that, the first one that you sent. The coyotes are, are yipping in the beginning and then you hear some dogs join in it sounds like it and then when you're into it a little over a minute minute and a half or so you hear it sounds like what what did you think that sound sounded like and then describe what you think happened
0: well my husband came down and um he came down and said, listen, the coyotes are going crazy. That's what we always say. I usually record the coyotes because there there are so many weird noises that come along with them. So I try to get something recorded. And he came down and said, listen, the coyotes are going crazy. And I opened the, the uh, kitchen window and I hit record. And I didn't know he was recording upstairs too. Now, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of background on him. He's a believer, but he's not really like into it. He's just, if something cool comes, he's like, Oh, okay. He's not into it. Like I am. Like, I really think that this is like a very interesting subject. So for him to be recording, I guess I kind of have him on board too, which is great. But so I recorded and we heard the coyotes, And then when I heard that, that, that yell, I didn't, I was standing in the window. My kids were downstairs with me, so I was kind of talking to them, too. At I heard something, but I didn't hear the actual, like, ah, as it was happening. But my husband came down and said, what, what was that after the coyotes? And then when I listened back, I thought, oh, well, that's, I guess that's the noise I heard in the background, because, like I said, I was talking to the boys. And um, so he heard it. Him and my 10-year-old son actually heard it with his ears, and my little one, he was pretty freaked out. He looked at my husband, I, my husband said, and he said, What was that? And so I can't say that I really got to hear the yell, unfortunately. <laughs>
2: Okay, Brandy, were you able to hear that?
0: Yes, I did.
2: So we hear the coyotes yipping. We hear them yipping away. And then all of a sudden we hear what sounds like some sort of a, a yell, like a raw, like that. Right. And then it's fairly quick. And then it, the coyotes stop vocalizing. Is that, is that what you heard as well?
0: Yeah. And it's not uncommon that they will be yipping like that and then they just stop. Just out of nowhere, they stop. And so I think I've kind of gotten so used to recording them that when I was recording that night, I set the phone down on the window there and kind of was talking to my kids a little bit. But I think I've just become a little bit desensitized to all the noises to where, but when I did replay it and I heard it, you know, I thought, oh, my gosh, there really is something out there. This is unreal.
2: After the coyotes are quiet, there's a louder yell. It sounds right. much louder even than the first yell. And then there was a, a, a noise that just preceded that that sounded like a series of clicks, like It sounded like that. Do you know what that noise was by any
0: chance? No, I have no idea. And actually, when I sent Will the recording, I didn't hear the first yell that shut the coyotes up. Like, I couldn't hear that with my recording until it was kind of, until you enhanced it. And then I really took a listen and I thought, Wow, there's two yells. I only heard the very loud yell, so I was really um surprised to hear that, the, that there were two on there.
1: yeah, it's pretty incredible.
0: The loudest one at the end was very, really quite incredible and then, but when I heard the the first yell that shut the coyotes up, I thought, well gosh, that shut them right up. They just
1: <laughs> yeah up. they they just stopped right now
0: right, and that's what happened um when you if you have the recording of the wood knock, that's what happened then too. They just shut right
2: up. Now, did, did you have Brandy on that first recording? You you hear them vocalizing and then they shut up. Were you able to hear on the next one any other yells that evening with the slapping on recording number two with the, the tree knocks or whatever it is, whatever knocks there are, were you hearing... Uh, any vocalizations other than the coyotes or the dogs barking?
0: No, I just heard the coyotes. Um, and that, that has that night, my husband, I have to give him credit. He Maybe he's into this more than I realize, but he also, he before we got it recorded, well, let me give you a little history on the wood knocks. About a month ago, I was gone working, and I came home, and my husband said that that there was two really loud knocks, and I said, "Well, what did they sound like?" And he said, "You know, he tried to imitate it as best he could, but until you actually hear it, it's it's hard to explain how loud it is." But he said that my seven-year-old heard it, and my little one said, "Well, Dad, what was that?" And we try to keep the kids out of it as much as possible because he's seven, and he will be frightened to to think there's something out there. So my husband told my son that it was the neighbors and my son said, Oh, wood on wood, dad, that's not the neighbors. Like he even knew that there was (laughs) (laughs)
1: smart.
0: Yeah. He looked at my husband like, Oh, get real. And, um, that happened about a month ago. And then I'd say maybe a week ago, well, I sent that to you that night. He came down and he said, we heard another knock. And I was downstairs with my older boys. The windows were closed. I didn't hear it. So I ran over and, um, hit record again, um, and w- what we usually do if we hear the animals acting up is I open a window, hit record, and kind of leave it in the seal. So I'm really glad that Milo was able to bring me over a recorder so I can get more capture. That night, we when I heard that knock, I was just completely blown away at how loud and how close it was. I mean, it sounds like a gunshot going off in my backyard, but you can hear it when you're hearing it. Um, my husband, the first two times he heard it, the, the times I heard it way back in 2012, you can, like, hear the wood cracking as it's hitting. So I know it wasn't a gunshot. I mean, I could tell that much.
2: Would you like to listen to that one?
1: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Actually, what had happened with that one is my husband was recording upstairs. I didn't know it, and I was talking while I was standing in the window. And then you hear the coyote yipping, then I'm talking, and then you just hear a very loud, like, the initial hit and then that echo. It's like, I can tell right away when you played it what it is, but I don't know if everybody else can because it's kind of muffled.
1: It's very loud, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like the reverberation, you know, the sound waves. You know, coming off after you know the initial uh, contact. One of the amazing things is you hear people, especially places like Facebook. You know, everybody talks all this stuff, and then of course the the silly show Finding Bigfoot, where they they talk about all this stuff, and and they really don't know what they're talking about. I mean, they, of course, their whole thing is they can go out. They think they're communicating with Sasquatches by banging on trees, and that's really not what's going on. <clears throat> These things utilize, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, knocking or smacking on a tree, like in this case, or the clacking of rocks, or, or whatever sounds they're making, or even the vocals. It, it's it's communications between them in regards to whatever it is they're doing at the time. And it's usually surrounding hunting behavior or, uh, or foraging. Something has to do with that. Um, and obviously with them throwing rocks at you, there's some kind of a, uh, you know, there's an interaction that's beginning to happen there uh, for whatever reason. And of course, you know, Milo investigating is going to be able to provide us enough information to sort of figure out why they would approach. And it's probably not just your home, it's probably the adjacent homes as well where there's things going on. And like you said, when you first started, you didn't really pay attention to what was going on because there's animals out there, there's things that go on. And unless it's something that really grabs your attention, you tend to ignore it.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I did ignore it for a long time, and I bet there was probably stuff going on out there. But I do have um, a little bit of insight as to why they might be interested in my house. Um, My house has a sunroom in the back of the house, which is just uh, 10-foot windows, um, and I don't have curtains on any of those windows back there or in my kitchen. Um, and the reason I don't is because it just butts up against that land. no neighbors can see in. Um, so it's wide open back there. And then my yard, um, all the other neighbors have wood fences. I have a metal gate. so if something was watching or out there poking around, it's probably because my house is kind of wide open in a sense. you can see right in, I've got loud, noisy boys in here. and if if it's true what they say and they, you know, they want to be entertained and they like kids, then they're probably getting, getting uh, eyeful watching my house. But I didn't understand exactly why the coyotes were right behind my place. And I have a theory. Now, obviously, it's all theoretical, but they're so loud right, right behind my place. And they're all, there's some bedding areas. Um, the, the grass and whatnot has grown up quite a bit back there. And I did find some bedding areas right behind my house. And I was talking to Milo and I said, well, what do you think about maybe the Bigfoot are kind of herding the coyotes around this briar and hunting them? Like if one stood at the end of it and maybe it's an easy meal and maybe the yelling or the wood knocking is to get them moving, get them scared, get them running through. Because I couldn't figure out why the, a coyote, you Now I don't know what's bedding down. Um, right behind my place, obviously, but um, I haven't seen anything out there at night. But it is pretty dark.
1: Have you, have so you and here, Milo tried taking pictures of the bedding sites?
0: Uh, he came out yesterday when he gave me the digital recorder, and he did take some pictures. And I told him to hurry up and get out here because the county's probably going to mow back there soon. And I mean, oh, there are yeah. big, big, deep holes. The bedding areas. They're, it's a, and I did actually see those last May, after the bushes. St- were doing all their rattling. I went out the next day to look around, stood up on a ladder and looked over, and there were huge bedding areas back there too last year. So something's definitely back there at night, taking a nap or sitting and watching, whatever. whatever's going on, there's something out there.
1: I, I can tell you from an investigation I did in Yakult, Washington back in 89 and '90. Um, it wasn't uncommon for... We would hear the creatures come down off Yakult Mountain at night, usually, again, right around the same time you've been hearing things, you know, that plus or minus an hour of sunset. And we would actually hear them vocalizing as they were coming down off the ridge uh, into the lower valley. And in the valley, it was all field grass, hay. And it was very common to find these big flat spots where they would... And we could hear them down there. I mean, it was so noisy. Some nights where they'd be running we'd hear them running it sounded like cattle or horses running down there of course there were no livestock in that area um and these big spots that were 15 or 20 feet across you know where they had rolled around and and laid in the hay and Renee DeHinden also told me that he knew about these sorts of things happening for for years you know occasionally people would report that and uh and he always told me, you know, if you find these flat spots, you can examine where the, the grass is flattened down, and you'll find hair, a lot of hair. Um, sometimes you have to use a magnifying glass when you look for hair, because just looking at it, you may not see it. But I found it on tree limbs and things like that, where they would rubbed up against them. Uh, so anyway, that's something you do. But, you know, in terms of coyotes, we do know they hunt coyotes. In fact, on South Hill, Puyallup, back in the mid-'70s one, uh, the Puyallup Screamer events were going on. I met a uh, Washington State Trooper at that time by the name of Mark Pittinger, who had seen three, th- all three of the creatures that were there. I'd seen two of them uh, not long before that time. <clears throat> but um, when he went in there, when he tracked the three of them one day, and he said he came upon a place where a bunch of coyotes had been killed, and he said what they were doing was they were imitating coyote sounds, and uh, drawing them in, of course, when they got close enough, where it was too late to run, the sasquatches were snatching them up by their back legs and smashing their heads against alder trees, and they were eating them. Um, so that's probably why they would be in that location if there's a lot of coyotes. And as far as I'm, you know, hunting and herding, things like, you know, the vocals, the, the wood and wood sounds, and the clacking are, are techniques that we've seen in other cases where they're actually, they're working, they're working a hunting pattern together. You know, they are actually hunting, uh, in, in a lot, in a way it's a lot like chimps do where they go into a place and, uh, and they're, they're using coordinated, uh, hunting behaviors together. And, and that's what those sounds usually are is, is a way for them to coordinate where they are. and, and you know, they sort of already have a have a plan in place. There, there's actually a video on YouTube I watched about a group of chimps, and it looks like there's you know 15 or 20 chimps in a group. And they're all kind of standing around, and the alpha jumps up on his hands and slaps his back, his feet, back legs against a tree, and that's sort of. Then they all go into motion. They all know exactly what to do. So, uh, you know, these creatures are probably, and I'm certain, much more intelligent than chimps are, and. Uh, probably that's exactly what they're doing they're hunting the coyotes and any other wildlife that's in the area so as long as they have a a good food supply in an area they'll probably stay there for a while
2: well and i just have a quick question too just a springboard on that will and brandy uh brandy do you have dogs yourself we hear them in the background
0: no i don't have dogs um those are my dogs a few but what what seems kind of weird to me sometimes is that, um, although there are some dogs right here in the neighborhood, um, they're not, they are not—they don't really bark a lot at all when this is going on. The dogs that you do hear, those are further, I think, across the street. Um, but it seems like a lot of the dogs are quiet when all this is going on, and I don't know if they know what's going on and they're scared or if they're, I don't know why. But we do have two dogs right next door, and I hardly ever hear them barking at anything back there.
2: I had a very similar living situation, Brandy, at one time where we lived in a property that was, it was kind of a resid, you know, a suburban kind of neighborhood area, but a, a bit out in the country. And the land that we had, we had exactly as you described it. My neighbors had big, tall wooden fences, and we had wrought iron fence that went right to that property. And we had the same situation with coyotes in the back. So we had them yipping in packs. They would take down deer that would come down through there. So especially when they had yearlings and you know the deer had young and you'd hear that kind of behavior and as you described most of the dogs were fairly quiet. You know when that was when they're yipping like that and they're in kind of a frenzy the the dogs were somewhat quiet. And the timing was about right too it would happen you know, later at night and it uh, could be in the, really late in the middle of the night, 2, 3 in the morning. What time was that? The first recording, there were two recordings. The first one was what time at night?
0: Now, um, I didn't keep a log, which I should have, but both of these recordings happened in the late evening. It wasn't in the middle of the night because my boys were still awake um, both times. Now, one of them was during spring break. So they were up a little bit later. But i say between uh, 10 and 12. It wasn't really late, like at 3 or 4 a.m. But when I did forget to tell you guys also that a couple months back, I was standing up in my window, and it was like 3 a.m. Excuse me. I was standing up in my bathroom window um, just checking it out back there. Because, I mean, I do want to see what's making these noises. I do want to see one, but not i'm kind of thinking that i don't i i can't undo it i can't unsee it at any rate i was standing out kind of looking over the property and a rock hit the window about two or three inches from where i was standing it hit the window and then it hit the sunroom glass down below and i was shocked i closed the window and i i recorded that also and you can hear me say okay like i'm out of here and i stayed out of the window the rest of the night but I just thought I'd add that in. I think I've I'll tell you guys that.
2: Have your neighbors reported anything to you, Brandy?
0: No. One of my neighbors um, on one side of me, they go to bed fairly early. They're really quiet people. Actually, both of them are. They're, they go to sleep. I mean, I don't see hardly any activity. Now, I'm not really close with my neighbors, but I don't see them up and moving around in their yards or out. You know, they're just quiet people, and so, and I haven't been interested in, you know, asking them because I don't want them to think I'm crazy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that they've seen or heard anything, only because they're they're both quiet neighbors, and the neighbors down the street. Like, I'm not really very close to my neighbors, so I haven't brought
1: it up to any of them. Well, I can certainly understand that. I mean, you know, I, I think that's one of the biggest problems with the whole subject is, you know, people see and hear things. But the general impression is if you tell somebody, they're going to think you're crazy.
0: Right. And, well, I do have a neighbor about four houses down. They have a huge motion light. And I have seen them um, from time to time um, flashing, like, a big spotlight into the woods.
1: Now, that's interesting. That's, That's not something you would do just for no reason.
0: And it's a huge light. I mean, it lights up. And whenever they're doing that. I, at first, I thought it was just a motion light, but then I actually saw the light moving around. When they do that, I kind of utilize their light, and I'm looking with them, like, "Oh, what do you see out there?"
1: Now, but, let me ask you, how often does this happen?
0: Um, it was mainly last summer when I noticed them doing that. Like I say, when I look out the window, I kind of see the light moving around. But it would it would be around the time that the coyotes were kind of yipping and yapping and loud. Uh, but it would be like around ten at night or eleven. Because I,
1: mean, I, I mean, think it, was it like just once, a once, say, once one day a week or a couple days a week, or, or you, what was the frequency?
0: Maybe once a week, once every two weeks, from what I saw. I don't think most people stay up as late as I do, so I know it was, you know, earlier in the night, but it would probably be about once a week or, like I said, once every two weeks, I'd see that light moving around.
1: I want to clarify, too, to anyone listening, is we consider, you know, there's groups out there that make all these different classifications of encounters, and there's really only two. There's either a direct encounter with one of the creatures where somebody, somebody sees one, and everything else is sort of a, what I call a peripheral encounter uh, or, or a situation where, uh, in, in, in your case, we have all these different sounds and vocals going on and some weird things with animals, and there's bedding and rocks being thrown, really classic pieces of, of events where other people have said the same thing and then and then actually saw the creatures doing these things in many cases so um, I, I want everybody to, to understand that that this is what we're talking about are basically peripheral encounters where there's things going on but you have yet to actually see the creatures
0: yeah and like I said I don't I don't even I used to want to see it um, after the bushes last spring were moving like that I was like really looking out the windows really trying to you know, see what was going on. And then as the years gone on this year, I've decided I don't even know if I want to see it because from what I heard, it's so scary. And like I said, I can't unsee it once I've seen it. And I've got kids and I don't actually let them really play outside in the backyard without me being out there anymore, just because I, you know, better safe than sorry, but I don't tell them that, that they can't go. Because right, there's a huge
1: monster out there, but but I'll tell you um, what I, I do think that's a very prudent move because these things, you know, and I and I hate I hesitate to say this, but I think people should understand that wild creatures, especially predatory creatures or, or opportunistic feeders, will oftentimes focus on sick, injured, old, and young uh, of whatever creatures they might be interested in. Not not necessarily that that's what this group is doing. Uh, because they tend to be a little bit different behaviorally depending on their experience and the age of the members in the group, so, uh, but it could be, you know, that's the reason. I mean, do your neighbors have small children or or are you the only family that does?
0: Um, I'm the only family right here in this area that's got small kids, uh, besides one other family, and I think that the other family that's got the small children, that's the guy that shines the spotlight in the woods, actually, but, um. And like I said, my I think the sunroom windows uh, being wide open. My boys are always downstairs, and I have an uh, an Amazon parrot that lives in the sunroom in a cage. Mm-hmm. And another reason something would probably be attracted. Just the and my bird yells all the time.
1: There, there you go. See, <laughs>
0: I've got some recordings of my bird imitating a coyote. He thought the coyote, as it was howling, was saying hello. And my bird was saying hello back to it. It was pretty funny. But one time he said, my parrot said, whoop. And I was like, oh, look at that. And Uh-oh. I can't say that, either, obviously, but <laughs> I was entertained.
1: You know, I, I wonder, fur back, you know, what you talked about. And how old are your boys by by chance?
0: Um, 7, 12,
1: and 19. When we were doing the Yakult investigation, you know, back in that time, uh, the family there had they had four children and the two youngest boys, I think at the time, were either when the youngest one was two or three, I think three years old, and the other boy was four or five, and they played out in there. And of course, this was a very rural area, so you know the farms were spread out quite a bit from one another. But these creatures seemed to focus on mainly on this one farm, and the young boys, of course, didn't go into the pastures; they stayed in the yard. But uh, we were there talking one time and And one of the boys said to one of my one of my uh field investigators, he pointed to the pastor, and he said, "That's where we saw the big monkey and these boys. you know, and coming from a, a little kid like that, you know it's not something that nobody said those words, nobody said anything like that. They just came up with this stuff and And of course, we did find tracks of two young sasquatches, and then we knew there were two adults in the area.
0: Now one time um last summer, I, um, I heard a little kid yelling and saying, Eddie, Eddie. And I had said to my husband, I said, Oh, maybe one of the kids on the block, uh, cause that's our cat's name. And I said, Maybe one of their, you know, her brother or somebody's name is Eddie. And then it hit me like, I mean, it could have been that, but I thought, well, maybe one of these animals was back there imitating, you know, my boys, my boy, my seven year old, he always, Yells outside for the cat, and he says Eddie, Eddie, and I oh. heard, but I, I, thought what was the little girl's voice, and but I mean putting all these pieces together, you never know. It could have been something mimicking. I have heard my husband and I have heard a few uh, muffled sounds. I thought were my son downstairs uh on the Xbox. I said, Well, why are you yelling at two in the morning at the video game? And he's like, I didn't say anything, just muffled. Oh yelled, boy. Yelled, <laughs> are you do you swear and he's like no i didn't because i thought well why are you downstairs screaming at the video game at two in the morning when your brothers have to get up for school and he says he didn't say anything so who knows it could be that too but that's why this recorder that milo brought me is going to be very
1: useful absolutely I, i was talking to one of our um one of our members that's an active police officer earlier today uh, for a couple hours. And and Tom, you know who that is. You know whenever we talk about uh, on the phone for a couple hours, but we were talking about, you know, Brandy's recordings and, and Jeremiah's new recordings that he got last night. And I don't know if he talked to you about those yet, but, um, he was telling me that, you know, the, the police agencies have some very sophisticated systems. They can run audio recordings through and tell a great deal from those recordings. So uh, I'm going to talk to him about, you know, sending a, a couple of your recordings, you know, through the system and seeing what they can tell from those. And uh, and we'll do the same with Jeremiah's recordings. But you know, everyone seems to focus on this subject on footprints and things like that when when really audio recordings are some of the best evidence. And, and you've really got so, a couple of really... Uh, Very unique ones, you know, the one where the creatures are hollering at the coyotes, and especially that second vocalization after they after they all shut up is really amazing. That's unlike anything I've ever heard in this topic. So, uh, and then of course, you know, the people watch that silly TV show and and they hear this bang 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 and all this stuff on trees, and and what you hear in your recording is absolutely nothing like that. Uh, It's it kind of it kind of shakes you to the core when you realize that something is hitting. Uh, apparently, a tree or, or something, with that much force, uh, and you can tell it's a great deal of force that's being wielded.
0: Yeah, absolutely. the The wood knock—I don't even like to call it a wood knock because it just seems like it's so much more. I guess. It, it, I mean, it's, it's,
1: it's a so wood smash. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> and it's just unbelievable. Especially when you hear it with your own ears, you're just kind of flabbergasted. Like what? what is like, what is that? It's like, I know what it is, but I don't really want to believe it. I think I've spent a lot of the last year kind of in denial, like, well, you know, okay, that could have been something else or that could have been something else. And, but, but a rock being thrown at me while I'm standing in the window upstairs, like hitting the glass, a rock hitting me in the backyard. I can't think of anything else that would be hitting me. And I don't understand how they have such good accuracy, but, um, Brandy,
2: with the rock with the rock that you said, real quickly, excuse me for the interruption because I was curious about this the first time around. You said they were almost like pebbles. Did you actually see them once they hit you?
0: Well, unfortunately, I have a rock garden in the back around... Um, <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> there's
0: rocks everywhere, so whatever hit me, I couldn't even say which rock it was. Now, I did find a rock um, that was probably the size of a baseball. I found that on my back patio because um, I hear, I, I've heard quite a few different noises hitting the house. One night my husband was laying in bed and he had his um, hand on the wall and we heard something hit the house and he actually felt the vibration through the wall. Um, and my husband is one that will say, oh, no, it could have been something else. Like he will not jump to conclusions. So that time he kind of was like, well, that's really weird. And then one time I was sitting in my sunroom talking to my bird, which I can't do that at night anymore. I'm too freaked out. And something hit the window. It was a, a large, not a rock sound, but more like a thud. Like, um, And now I won't go out there at night because it's just, you know, ten huge panels of glass. It's too scary. But the rocks, um, they were small rocks. So I didn't get hurt by the first one that hit me. And then the second one, I could tell that it was small because when it hit the window next to me and it hit the sunroom, um, I didn't see a rock on the glass, but it could have bounced off. But um, it had to have been small because if not, I'm sure it would have broke the window. Because it hit it pretty hard. I mean, it was a loud, a loud hit.
1: Let me ask you, on the side of the house, we'll start with that one, uh, is there anything close to the house in terms of like a tree? Let's just play devil's advocate for a minute. Is there anything close, let's say a tree limb or something that could have fallen off a tree that could have hit the house? Is there anything anything within that range?
0: Uh, no, we had one cherry tree in my neighbor's yard that they actually got rid of um, before the noises were hitting in the house. Um, there, there are no trees in the backyard or even on the side of the house. We've got, you know, a couple of maples in front, but... The um, only trees out back are the ones that are on the county property. So I I had thought about that also because I do like to rule out other things before I assume um, it's one of these creatures. Like I thought, well, maybe um, is there any other kind of animal that could hit up against the house to make you feel a vibration? I just don't know. But that's why I think I was kind of in denial for a while hoping that it wasn't. One of these creatures, because I mean that—that's scary. My boys live here. It's—it is scary to me. I don't take it lightly. Put it that way.
1: A- absolutely, and that's exactly the right way to look at things. You know, you want to rule any other possibility out. Uh, <clears throat> now, where the noise was on the house that you and your husband heard, you didn't—you ex- didn't inspect the side of the house to see if there were any markings or anything out there.
0: Um I don't see like any scratches on the house or anything like that. And I have. um you know, quite a few times gone out and tried to see if I can see any evidence on the ground, any footprints, any just disruptions or, and, um, the only thing that we've never had any footprints in the grass because it is grass. Um, and then I've got a a garden running along the back, but I, I, last year I put out some dirt and I raked it smooth and I was trying to set up like a big foot trap, you know, but that didn't work. I couldn't see anything in there, but one really weird thing that did happen now that I think about it is, um, I haven't even told anybody this. I'm kind of completely forgot. My shed did get torn up one night. I have shelves with all kinds of flower pots and, you know, just a shed full of stuff. And that was, um, the shelves were knocked over everything off the shelf. And there was a bunch of rocks in the shed on top of my lawnmower, like 15 or 20 rocks just sitting like, on the lawnmower, around the lawnmower. Now, I don't know what that was. I don't know how 15 or 20 or 30 rocks could get put in my shed, but um, this is really actually the first time I'm even thinking about it. But the shed did get torn apart, and I, my husband and I said, well, maybe a raccoon got in there or possum. So I can't say anything for sure on that either. But as far as really, I haven't done, you know, walking around, trying to do visual inspections, and I don't see anything that's, like, you know, super Weird, except for the shed getting torn up and thirty rocks in there, but not right in the like the grass outside the windows. I can't get anything from that.
1: I have a couple of questions about the shed now as far as accessibility, does the shed have a door on it was it closed
0: um, it's just one of those sheds you buy at Home Depot, and it's got uh, two plastic doors that open up and it was it was open we always usually just kind of leave it open, but um, I don't know exactly. Like, I, I don't even know exactly how that happened without me listen, hearing it, really, because my bedroom window's right out there, so I don't know really even when it happened. I just know my husband went out there and said the shed's torn up, and I went and looked, and the rocks was what really weirded me out.
1: And how, how, how big were the rocks on average? They
0: were, they were like, out of my rock garden, um, just like river rocks. I've, oh, and in the front of my house, I have, all, it's all hardscape with uh, river rocks, little round river rocks.
1: So a couple inches across or three or four inches across? Probably you know, two two
0: inches, an inch, just their little round flat rocks.
1: Okay. So that that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure what to make of that. I mean, I'd be a little a little beside myself, I think, if my shed were torn up one morning. You know, like you said, in, in as as these events you start piecing them together, and that's a lot of times what happens when these situations really uh, begin or start ramping up, you know, it'll be, it'll be a lot of very small events that'll happen. And over time, uh, and and we know enough because we know how to, com- we have enough information to compare what's happening with you to other situations where people have had identical things happen. Um, so we can pretty well gauge what we think is there. I mean, and in many cases, it's pretty obvious that it's not normal animals. So uh, now of course in the absence of, of uh, proof that it's a sasquatch we can't say that it is for sure but um, because we we have other circumstances that have happened in nearly identical fashion to yours where people have seen the creatures doing these things or or making the vocals or, or what have you
0: right and then uh, the, the recordings I got when I listened to them now I don't I'm not an expert I don't know everything there is to know about anything but when I hear the yell and when I hear that wood smash like to me I, I just don't understand I don't I don't see how a person could do like make that vocalization like if there was a person that broke into the land back there and could they yell that loud and why would they be out there running around with coyotes like it just there's just a couple of things that to me rule out anything else I guess
1: yeah it's interesting you know the vocal where uh, the coyotes are going and then they they they're quiet and then you hear that that loud vocal it sounds like it and my first impression was it almost sounded like a person yelling but you can't really say that it is i mean and one thing i when i discussed uh, some of this with our, our anthropologist friend mark dobbs mark is a as a forensic anthropologist uh, we talked about vocals and he says you know uh because these things are are a primate and and very likely or very possibly a, um a hominid like we are it may be possible their vocalizations at times might sound very similar to ours because they sort they would sort of be on the same um not human but the same basic framework if you yeah. will that we are so um it's a fascinating vocal that's for certain
0: yeah, it, it is, like, and along with all the other stuff that's going on, like, some people might be, you know, scratching their head, like, well, duh, of course that's what it is, but when you're living in it, you kind of want, you kind of don't want it to, when it's living in your backyard, you really don't want it to be there, like, all these people going out into the woods, that's one thing, and looking <laughs> for it, oh, it's so interesting until it's in your backyard, and you've got children, and, and all these windows in the back i think it wouldn't take anything for a creature to smash right through them it's not that fun when they're in your backyard it's
1: yeah and you brought up a good point it's you know part of you wants to see one but then do you really want to see one because once you see it you can't unsee it and and i know myself my personal account from having seen them at a very close distance it's not something that i would have ever planned for and if i could undo it i probably would because uh, it really changed my my outlook on going into the outdoors. I used to love to fish and hunt, and do all those things, and now whenever I enter a forested area, you know, part of my mind is always on high alert because I know these things are out there.
0: Oh no, I do. I totally understand where you're coming from on that because even though I've never seen one, just knowing that they exist, um, when I take my kids camping, I used to go out and do a lot of like primitive camp- camping without electricity and go mm-hmm. out. And woods and now um i do like concrete camping at rv parks and i make sure that they're very busy and even even with that being said i know that they could still come into these areas but i'm a, i feel differently about the forest absolutely and i i used to love to go out and take my kids out into the woods and hike and now i if i do go do any hiking which i haven't been at all lately because i'm pretty freaked out about these creatures but I will. I want to go with adults that have big guns. Like I don't want to just. I, I don't want to. I. I don't know. I'm pretty freaked out about it all. Actually. Well, you
1: definitely want to go with with other people. I. I'd never recommend anybody going alone. And not not just because of these things, but because there are other animals. There's other wildlife. And even if you were to trip and break an ankle or something. You know, I mean, there's complications. There's so many things that could happen that could really turn out badly. So, Tom, did you have anything else you wanted to bring up?
2: Uh, Brenda, I'd have to applaud you for seeking Will's counsel and then also being really diligent about recording sounds. You've done a great job, I think, of An being awesome ob- job. observant. And not just blowing it off, but very kind of carefully thinking about what could possibly be going on and then trying
1: to capture and note that so kudos to you i think if more people had done over the years what brandy is doing currently we'd be many many years ahead on this subject and, and possibly even have resolved it by now you're a rare gem in all this brandy so keep up the good work
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And um, I'm going to keep recording, so I would say hopefully I'll have more for you. But actually, I kind of hope that they go away and find somebody else in <laughs> neighborhood.
1: Well, we'll see how the investigation progresses and, and what unfolds. And, uh, you know, if, if there's more that happens, we'll have you back on.
0: All righty. Well, thanks, guys.
1: Nice meeting you, Brandy. Take
2: care.
0: You too. I'll talk to you later, Will.
1: All right. Thank you now.
0: All righty. Bye.
1: Bye-bye.